Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Father Knows Something. And tonight we have Morgano. Hello. And we have Giustano. Hi. And everyone has an <laughs> O at the end of their name. So, Jario. Uh, and we are here to, um, oh, we don't have Hollyo. No Holly. No, no Holly. Holly went back to her mom. So um, we're going to have to get her back soon because we already miss her and she's only been gone for like, you know, 22 minutes. I know. She's such a little cutie. Dang it, Holly. But we have this weird, creepy panda instead. We got a panda. So, uh, and and for the socks tonight, real quick, I am wearing my yellow submarines. Again? Washed. But You're an again. outfit repeater. <laughs> All right. So now uh, let's get rolling. We have a big show tonight. So this is a theme where I think initially in my head, like some of the stories were like, damn, like you dodged a bullet. But then there's some stories that I added to the theme that are more so like, it's, I feel like dodging a bullet is too mean to say, but it's still along those lines of like, sometimes life works in mysterious ways. And sometimes you get pulled over for a speeding ticket, you get a warning. Yeah. And it's better that as much as it hurt at that moment. It's better that it just went by. Or just like, you know, you're better off. Like sometimes you, it's hard, especially because I think some of these stories have to do with a parent Ooh. and you never want to say, oh, I'm better off without my parent. But, you know, sometimes we have these toxic people in our lives where that unfortunately may be the case. All right, let's go let's jump right on in. First of all, I love your show and enjoy listening to it a lot. I also tell all my friends about THT and this show. So you have a little fan base over here in Austria. Thank you. Now, on to my story slash problem. Okay. Two weeks ago, I hooked up with this guy at a party, and ever since then, we've been texting a lot. We couldn't go on a date yet, as I'm out of town. Last night, I told him I was watching soccer, women's soccer, as Austria played in the quarterfinals of the European Championships, and I love watching sports, and I'm a huge fan of the Austrian women's soccer team. He then sent me a text where he said he hated women's soccer and said it was too much that every game of them was shown when not even the Champions League games out of the men were shown on public TV. I really advocate for women's rights, especially in sports, as I am an athlete myself and feel very strongly about the fact that everyone should be treated equal. We wanted to go on a date next week, but now I don't know whether I even want to meet him again. He is a very nice guy, and other than that, very tolerant. But a man who hates women's sports doesn't sound like a good fit for a female athlete, does it? I just don't know whether this is too petty of me, as he is a really great guy other than that. Ideal outcome, just knowing whether that's really too much or petty of me, if I consider it a reason not to continue our talking phase. So I always do believe that, you know, as we date and we make mistakes and keep dating the same person when we should have got rid of them, you know, you know, four and a half years ago, um, you know, it's, you just have to kind of realize sometimes it's better to let them go when, when, when your shit, when, when your shit screen comes up and says, let's screen this guy out. The radar. Trust your radar. Trust your first instinct on it because you know, if he's going to behave this way, you know, who knows what he'll behave, you know, what's going to come out, you know, in a, another 13 months of your relationship. And I've always stated that it takes at least a year before you know somebody. And if they're showing you some of their colors right off the beginning, trust your gut. Yeah. And filter it out and go find the next person who's going to be wonderful, but wouldn't say he doesn't like women's soccer. He'll say, I can't wait to come watch you play, or I can't wait to watch the game, or let's go to a game together. You love it? Let's go do it. Right, yeah. That's that's a whole different atmosphere to be not having to worry about later, how do I get rid of this relationship? Well, I think how refreshing that would be yeah. to her, just even from the get-go. Right. It was such unprovoked aggression. <laughs> yeah. Take it up with the cable company, dude. 
Not you. It's like you're trying to share something you like and you're passionate about. And he instantly reciprocates with, I hate women's soccer. Why? Just why even say anything? Be like, oh, that's cool. You're watching the game. You guys haven't even gone on a second date. And he's already this unhinged. Have you ever battled with this, though? Have you ever had like, oh, gosh, we had the greatest time these last two dates. But there was this one. It's like the Red Flags game. It's just like the Red Flags game. But I mean, have Trust you ever battled with it? Like when you're in it? Um. Yeah, I've gotten feisty with people on a date to where like I've had to be like, hey, yep, you know, you're not, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. And then I'm you, in an internal don't... battle. No. Where you're like, well, I really like this stuff, but. I try, you know, I, I used to sit back and just say, maybe it will change. Maybe something else. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being a little too hard on this and see where it goes. And at the end of the day. You just know. I. 14 months later, uh, two years later, how come I didn't end this thing? I, yeah. The, the, the tales were all there. You thought about it. You, 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 you let it go. You try to excuse it. The answer is don't excuse it. Just no. move on. Yeah. Well, and if someone's showing you their colors that are like this, a red flag right at the beginning, like you're trying to share something you're passionate about and they immediately squash it. And this can go for a lot of situations. I think women oftentimes get shit on for their hobbies or things they're passionate about. It's almost like women like get mocked for hobbies because I don't think like a lot of times men can understand stuff like that. It's it's interesting when you ask men like why they're friends with their friends. They'll be like, oh, well, we watch sports together. It's like, but like, what do you do together? Like, there's not that emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I'm like just maybe generalizing a little too much here, but it does feel like women get shit on a lot for their passions. And so the fact you tried to share something and immediately were met with like disdain. And yeah, maybe he is passionate about that Euro league not being on regular TV. But he he should not do anything to be negative on your passion. Exactly. It's so weird. I, I did run into a guy once and he was talking about like women's professional sports. And I think the NHL for the professional hockey league for women was new. And he's like, yeah, well, they can have their own league as long as they don't get paid anywhere with the men get paid. Really? Yeah. And it's it's honestly a, a common discussion with women's basketball here where the women's NBA players are really fighting to get paid, not equally as the men, but the same equity. So they want just like the same revenue share that the men get. Like women mm-hmm. currently don't even get a percentage of their jerseys that are sold. And so- oh, wow. It's just really interesting. And like, you'll have some guys be like, women, women's basketball is slow. It sucks. They shouldn't get paid that. It's like, well. How is it slow? They're all still moving. There's only three women in the, in the women's NBA that can dunk. And one of them was in a Russian prison. I literally heard that argument the other day. Really? Yeah. And Brittany, she out. Yeah, these are people you, out. These are people you run, you, you run by, run into, you don't run them over. Do you just run away? Maybe you should. Yeah. You run away. Run away. You yeah. run away. Well, Dodging okay. bullets. Not petty at all. So uh, that's getting pulled over for a speeding ticket and being let go with a warning. So that was your warning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two. Number two. I, 24 female, married, 27 male, about a year ago. August 21st will be our anniversary. We've had plenty of ups and downs and both have worked hard on our relationship However, I feel like my anxiety has never been as bad as this when I was single. The beginning was extremely rocky. For context, my husband is a Mexico native. He came to the U.S. on a school program that ended up kicking him out for, you know, dumb young adult mistakes. He also has some unresolved health issues that have made him extremely insecure, and he hates to talk to me or anyone about his insecurities. We married pretty quickly because I wanted him to be able to see a doctor, even if it was in Mexico, as his health truly concerns me. Recently, my cousins pushed me for a night out with them, as since I've been with my husband, we rarely go to family events. I do want to mention that before I even met him, I was already leaving family events early and sometimes wouldn't even go. I'm just a homebody and my husband happens to be also. Well, I caved in and went out with them. Turns out it was all for some sort of intervention. One of my female cousins is on dating apps, which is also how I met my husband, 
and she showed me screenshots of a verified dating profile she found. My husband has never, all caps, given me a reason to doubt him or make me think he was cheating. We are together almost 24-7. When we are not, he's working or out with his friends, who I know and trust. As soon as I found out, all I saw was red. I came home around 11 p.m., almost midnight. He goes to work really early, so he's usually out by 7 or 8 p.m. He wouldn't budge when I tried talking to him, so, and I regret this and have apologized profusely, threw water in his face and asked him for his phone, something we've never done as we fully trust each other. He immediately asked why and said he wouldn't let me check it because, quote, that's not something we do, which is, again, true. Never had a reason to. I told him what had happened and showed him the screenshots. His face fell. Not in a, oh shit, I got caught way, more like in a, fuck, she's leaving me way. After much screaming and anger on my part, he told me that he was only on dating apps, apps as in multiple, because it was the only thing that was giving him any confidence. He said that he liked when people would swipe right because it was an ego boost. He explained that he was feeling very insecure and admitted that this has been going on since before he even met me. We've been together for two and a half years. He explained an example of this by saying that when he posts something on Instagram or Facebook, he will leave it up for a couple hours and if it doesn't get enough likes, he will take it down because he doesn't feel noticed. I know that this is something that influencers have talked about before and I never thought it would be happening to my husband ever. I immediately felt angry because my first thought was, am I not giving you enough attention? Is my love for you not enough? But I know that this is not about me. However, it has made me lose some trust in him. He promised he erased the apps and has promised to talk to me about this next time he's feeling insecure. He doesn't like me talking about his health issues slash insecurities with anyone. And therefore, I don't know how to tell my cousins that I believe him when he says he was never cheating on me or entertaining any other women. I also don't feel like it is their place to know, but they are like siblings to me. My husband also doesn't have much of a close relationship with my family, but my parents do love him. My parents don't know what happened, but they know that something happened, as that night I was still too angry to sleep in the same bed as him, and I left to my parents' house for the night. I don't know what to do. I already feel like they think my marriage has drifted me away from them. I don't want them to have a bad perception of my husband. He's really a good man and takes good care of me. He's just not good at communicating his feelings or thoughts. In Mexican cultures, it's not often that we talk about our feelings as you are seen as a crybaby or softy if you do. Any advice? Well, she did the right thing by certainly confronting him. Not with the water. Oh, well. Don't ever, ever throw things on at your partner. If you're at that level, you need to remove yourself. I, I'm really just talking about the fact that, that she confronted the problem and she they, she brought it out. Yeah. That is the first step. Is he telling the truth? You know, look, as far as her, sibling, as far as her cousins are going to be, be concerned, dump his ass and let's move on, move on and go forward. You obviously love this guy and you know him more intimately than anybody else. You also may have found in your own mind, where did he have the time to do it? Because he's with me or at work. You know, the truth is if somebody wants to do it, they find the time to do it. I can't tell you that he, that he's telling you the truth or not. It seems like he's open and honest with you. And for the fact that you're keeping this line of communication open, you may want to just say, I'm on guard and see how it plays out rather than just, you know, not filing for divorce tomorrow. I mean, I would, I would, I would try to see where it goes and, and just monitor it and see if if it really is holding true that you really can have that trust. I, I I don't know what to say. I mean, people, people, people in relationships have strange stuff. But, you know, typically you, you, you know in your own mind if it's really real, if he's really cheating or not cheating. You'll feel it. You know when they're not paying attention to you. You know when they're trying to, you know, have a conversation with you. What do you think? You are going to know this person 
way more than we ever could, obviously. You've been married, you have multiple years together. So from just reading the story, it's really hard to tell. Your gut is going to have the best feeling as to whether this is about confidence and insecurity. And if it, you know, I feel like you'll have a good gauge of that. Whereas when we read it, it's kind of like, hmm, yeah, sounds convenient. Uh, Great excuse at the right time. And you kind of almost put yourself down a little bit by the way you confronted him. So now he has that ammo basically, and you have that in the back of your head. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's obviously a crack in this really awesome foundation that seems Mm -hmm. to have been built. And there's a lot of tricky dynamics with the family and them already kind of being distanced, but her wanting that, but it appears to the family, like it's all because of him. And so you don't really have anyone to talk to about it. So I I think the only thing is you got to just make a gut decision and once you make that decision, it's kind of like we said in the past, yes, you'll, you'll always remember this, but you put the knife back in the drawer and you think like, okay, I'm going to try and go, move forward and trust and hope. And then obviously you open it up to if something happens again, then there's your thing. But it's up to you whether you're going to give it that shot. How long have they been together? I think two and a half. Two and a half years. And they got married after how long? They got married a year ago. Okay. So my issue with this is he said that he's been on the dating apps since before you and you met on a dating app, but it never sounds like he got off the dating apps, especially by the fact he said, I've been doing this since before you. Yeah. So not only has he been doing this recently to bump up his ego, confidence boost. We all, we all deal with insecurity, but I would never go on a dating app when I'm together with someone, let alone married. I think that's right. bullshit, absolute bullshit excuse. And I get the cultural aspects. So many cultures do not discuss mental health. They do not discuss struggles. It is taboo. And I get that. I'll give him a little leniency there, but I'm sorry. He's been on these dating apps for over two and a half years and not even a change in his marital status took him off. I'm surprised they didn't see it earlier, honestly, like someone. Well, and I think like, you know, I I understand like, hey, you know, we don't show each other our phones. We trust each other enough. But was that something he conveniently brought up to you? And then when you confront him with this, if he wasn't talking to these girls and he was just doing matches for a security boost, like he said... It's very easy to prove your story with a, hey, babe, you can look at my app. There's no messages between other girls. And I'm the biggest advocate ever for mm-hmm. not going through each other's phones. The minute you get to that point, you have a real breakdown. You have a real problem. But the fact that he's like almost using that, like, no, we we don't have that. We don't go through each other's phones. Well, I think it'd Convenient be, in the moment that he just got caught for being on dating apps. I think it'd be fair for him to show that. I do too. Absolutely. I think in that moment, after you've been presented with this evidence, it is justified to look. And I I think first and foremost, you guys need to go to couples therapy and he might need individuals therapy. Like he For his insecurity. For his insecurity. He needs he needs some self love. He needs some self work. But he's not willing to even discuss that with you. And so I think couples therapy would be great if you can budget it. But I I I don't know. I I know you say to you're a homebody, but the fact that your parents kind of recognize that since you've gotten married to him, you've drifted from them worries me. So I would really ask yourself, are you making the decisions to stay home and be with him 24 seven? Because that's not healthy either. Mm -hmm. Is that your decision? Is it truly because of what you want or is that from him and his pressure And you're just trying to tell yourself it's what you want because you might not recognize it now, but that's, it's not healthy. Like being with someone, if you're not with him, you're by yourself home alone. Like that's not healthy. You should be hanging out with friends. And if you don't want to leave your home, invite your cousins over. Like 
spend time with people you love and care about, but it's not healthy to be, to by, be yourself. by yourself and secluded and separated from your loved ones. Yeah. So I would really ask yourself, is that truly because it's what you want or is it kind of been Jedi mind tricked into you? I, this one worries me. I get, I get a lot of red flags from this one. You know, I, I, I've been off the dating sites for about two years now. And I will guarantee you that if you go through those, if you go comb through those sites, my profile is probably still up there. Even though I've canceled them, I've stopped them the best you can. Some of these things never, never, never release. A lot of new, like a lot of apps like Hinge, Twitter. I believe if you're inactive mm -hmm. for a certain amount of time, they don't show you right. anymore. Those aren't, those aren't showing up anymore. But I do know that Fitness Single I still get shit all the time from these guys. You might get emails, but I don't think your profile is active, especially if it's a paid platform. Well, I get somebody checked you out. I think that's just phishing to get you to come back. Oh, it's phishing. It okay. could be. I think that's like, you get a lot of phishing emails from that. Like, I don't that know. That is true. That is a thing for sure. And I just delete them. I mean, I don't even open them. I just delete, delete, yeah, delete. I don't think you're still on there, but I don't know. I, I would be intrigued to see if your cousin's come across his profile again. And I I don't want to like put all these insecurities in your head even further, but I don't know. There's just something about this one that like really, it's, it's, it's got my spidey sense tingling. I think it's very convenient. I, I did have a boyfriend that was on dating profiles conveniently and- Ringing your bells. He was not doing good things on them. It's ringing your bell. <laughs> he was not. He found his next girlfriend- Slash dang started dating her at the same time. So I just that's it's mind blowing to me. Mind blowing. Can you that, imagine having two girlfriends at once? That's one hard enough having one. You start a conversation, you're like, Yeah, I remember when we watched that thing the other night? And you're like, What? We didn't watch that. Oh, that's right, right. We yeah. It's tough to balance that. That's why it's yeah. easier to be Can you imagine? It's easier to be monogamous. It is a lot easier. Well, and there's there is one more comment where they said he's with me 24 seven unless he's at work or his friends. Mm. And then it's like, well, he's not with you 24 seven then. But yeah, guys, <laughs> guys, friends, like I hate to say this, like they'll lie. They lie for their buddies. They're going to lie. They lie. Like, and by oh, the way, for sure, by the way, girlfriends, they also lie. They lie. <laughs> Haven't you seen the TikToks? There's so many TikToks where like a couple will be sitting there and um, the guy will call his girlfriend's best friend and he'll be like hey was was morgan with you last night and she'd be like oh my god yeah we had the best time meanwhile they were together like the friend is full-blown lying oh, but like <laughs> she's like coming. they're they're she's backing a, up their she, girl she's just covering she's just covering her so, ass yeah and again i'm just like ugh, i'm just trying to be the devil's advocate a yeah. little bit and just like well you gotta look at it from all sides yeah i just i think like your next step is couples therapy and like you're going to know you yourself are going to know if you can trust this person again. So I think therapy is a great place to keep, start. Keep the conversation alive about this with him that you can really see that he's, he's honest with you and he's coming clean and you guys are growing from, from the experience because if you're going to be living in a life of distrust, that's called, that's game over already. The Roach Motel. When you start keeping score at this point, the game is over. So you know, you you, you got to get the trust. That's the most important thing of your relationship. And if you guys can't establish that back, then you know what to do. I feel bad. I do. I, no, like I just, sometimes like I, we get these write-ins and I just like feel like I oversay things and I'm just like, oh, I just want to retract it all. <laughs> but. Well, you, you know, all, all our, all our responses are being your family and just giving you experiences. Yeah, I'm mad for you. And, you know, some of us are a little more passionate because of might be <laughs> a little more raw. I'm a little more seasoned with a lot of this stuff that has gone on in my life. And I've just can look back and say, you know, I didn't always have some of the, some of the best monogamous relationships. Some th things went bad both ways or one way or the other way. And at the end of the day, I'm still here and I'm, healthy and I'm going forward. And that's what happens with us. We learn from our experiences and yeah, that's the most important part. And I will tell you that nobody, and anytime we are in a relationship with somebody and feel it's infallible, that is not 
always the way it is. They're, you know, we're human. We, 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 we are fallible. We do make mistakes. And the thing is that can we grow and make mistake, you know, from that mistake and make something stronger from it? Yeah. And it's important because look, when I was young, I said this many times that I was in a relationship when I was 20 and, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. And I said, if I continue that relationship, I knew I was going to cheat. Because, yeah. Because I was young and I wanted to explore and we broke up. And I, at the end of the day, I said, that was probably the woman that I probably should have had a life with. And it would have been, but we would, it would have been, I don't know how we would have survived. Right. That nonsense, because there was 10 years of nonsense. So breaking up was the right thing. But, you know, you go back and you go, if I could have been mature through that and not had that behavior, I was with a great person. So you kind of have to look at all this stuff and say, with all this stuff, where do I really want to be? And I'm not telling people to settle. I'm saying that we also have to realize that, you know, we are all fallible. Yeah. Can't okay. trust a single person out there. It's not about trust. It really isn't. It's just I know, about, I'm just it, it really is simply, it, sometimes it just goes that way and we wish that, and both sides wish that it didn't happen that way, that they were able to 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 stay off that path. And if they can fix it, bless their hearts that they can fix it and and get on that path of trust and get on that path of growing together. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly know Panda's doing a great job right now. It's my emotional support animal <laughs> after that one. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's hard. Like, I, I think I... I pop off sometimes and like, I'm like, it's, you know, Reddit stories. It doesn't feel as personal, but I'm like, this is one oh, of our, that this is one of you. our family members. That yeah. Triggered I just, you. That was a trigger. Yeah. You know, those little like goal light, they're like little red lights. They like, it's like a uh, little cop car lights you put on top of like your car. They're just a little well, single. I haven't, I haven't put cop, cop lights on top of my car lately. But you've seen it in the movies. Yeah. But I, that's what like popped up over my head. Just alert. Alert. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number roll. three. Number three. I, 24 male, feel like my wife, 24 female, is slowly drifting away from me and I don't know how to get closer to her. My wife and I have been married for about three years, going on four. After having two kids, our lives have been pretty lively and never a dull moment with our kids, one year old and uh, one a few months old. I work long hours and provide a good chunk of the income for our expenses, i.e. rent and bills, and she works to provide for our other needs, insurance and food, while the both of us are raising our kids. As of now, we have a system of having family members help us out with babysitting. So when we have a chance to go on a date night, two times a month if we can, we take that opportunity and drop them off at grandma's. Sometimes the kids sleep over at grandma's house and we have the night to ourselves. A good chunk of those date nights, we take advantage of not having the kids there and sleep through the night without waking up for the kids. And some nights we stay up and get caught up with TV shows we like to watch. But at times I would try and get intimate with my wife, but she always shut it down without a second thought. I then back off and try to cuddle with her. But after a few minutes of that, I get, quote, Hey, I'm getting hot. Can you move? And I move and I'm sitting on the other side of the couch watching shows. Even when we're in bed and I ask if she wants to have sex, she gives me the face of, quote, really? And lets out a big sigh and says no. Then she turns her back towards me and scrolls on TikTok. I try not to let it get to me because I know she works so hard for our family and she is amazing with our kids. It's just lately that she's been more and more pushing away my kiss that I give to her when I leave or come home. Or when I do get a kiss, she doesn't even try. I try to be romantic, bring home flowers, rubbing her feet, back massage, cooking dinner, surprising her with her favorite fast food, and be a loving husband, but it seems like she doesn't even want me to touch her. The worst thing is that at the beginning of our dating slash marriage life, we couldn't stop making out or getting hot and heavy when we got together. And we stopped getting like that when we had our first kids and slowly went downhill from there to the point of where we are. I want us to have the same fire we had at the beginning, but I don't know how to go about it. I also feel like I'm overreacting with this, but I'm not sure. Well, 
I've been here. <laughs> so my 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 little what do you call them? The little lights, radar. They're going off, and when you have the conversation to say, "Honey, is everything okay? Do is there something wrong that I'm that I that you're totally disinterested? Did I do something to?" And she'll say, and when I say she, these are the things I heard. I'm just tired. The kids of this. I've got a headache. I'm every excuse in the world, but what was really going on in their head. And so it might just take both of you going to counseling to really find out where this is really stemming from. Because before, next thing you know, there's an affair or something else going on, possibility that could have been avoid, it could have been totally averted if you're able to get through the the problem that really is going on in her mind where the disconnect is because there's obviously a disconnect the fact that she's telling you i'm sweating i don't you know you yeah. know, you're sweating i don't want you to come near me or don't touch me or this or that that's a disconnect and that is your tail sign saying red flags and your siren should be going off we need help and we need help instantly now and she may feel that something else is she has no interest in getting help that she's fine and this is all your issue she may say it's worth a try honey i mean we have two children let's see if we can get back to what we have because we did once love each other very much and if i'm not in love with you the way i was she may say i love you i'm just not in love with you and if you get that line you better find out what it is that where where it went awry what happened in your relationship that triggered this disconnect to go find a way of bringing it back full circle to reconnect and start growing again. Mm -hmm. I mean, the worst thing in the world is when people break up and it takes them not being together to miss each other, to try to get reconnected. And you got all this damage where you're in a great place now to see if you can work it out by understanding and compassion for one another and really working on the romantic side, whatever that might be or or the life side or the sharing side because it might be she might feel that she's doing all the burden and you're not she's do, managing you know making money doing this doing the kids doing this doing that and you're not partaking because you're playing video games and you haven't shined that part onto us right now i mean we have no idea of the full picture yeah but there is something because otherwise she wouldn't be behaving that way yeah I, I think this one is uh, definitely a couples therapy one. Um, and also it doesn't sound like you've really sat down with her yet and even like talked to her and said like, hey, you know, I notice you don't really kiss me as much anymore. I know we haven't really been intimate. It doesn't sound like you've even had that conversation yet. And it's scary. I get it. Um, but like, I don't know. I think you just got to like really open the door and depending on her answer, then it might be a good time to be like, you know what? I really think we should go to couples therapy, really get to the bottom of this. And kids change relationships. Kids really, really do. And you know, it's funny. We were like just talking about this before this episode and talking about how it can be so easy to lose yourself when you have kids and lose your coupleness, especially. And so you really do need to have the time and focus on each other. And hearing that you guys have two date nights, like I was sitting here like smiling. I'm like, that's amazing. And then the other, the other, the yeah. shoe dropped and I'm like, oh no. So I think start with a conversation, but I think couples therapy would be amazing because I don't think you're overthinking this at all. I think, I think there's more going this, on here. This is something that's real and you're not imagining it. No, I think this um, episode is actually going to be titled alarm bells. It's not really dodging bullets. Like I don't, I think uh, yeah. it's more alarm bells. Yeah. I don't know why we, maybe I mixed up the category. I might've mixed them up with the titles when I was moving stuff around. Maybe. I mean, it's it's like different than red flags. You know, yeah, it's almost like. It's just like a little alarm bells. Yeah. Like there's just little things going on. It's okay. This is now called alarm bells. Glad, glad we made it here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did he have um, any additional info? Ideal outcome. Okay. To reignite love for one another. Yeah. Anything else? She mostly takes care of the kids due to my work hours. Also, she tells me she loves me and cares for me and loves to hang around me, but just not the physical touch is what she wants. Honestly, I'm getting the vibe that she does a lot with the kids and she is wiped out and doesn't want to accidentally make another one. 
That you know something. I think that's I, like so I was vibe. I was actually thinking the fact that she does not want to get pregnant again, and I don't know if you guys discussed discuss this, yeah, or even discuss the idea of getting fixed because <laughs> fixed. No joke. <laughs> she, she, she might be afraid of the gun. I of the bullets. I just think like I think there's like something, and Amy has like talked about this, or someone in our life has talked about this, where like you are just so exhausted, and like after dealing with kids and doing all this stuff all day, and you're you're just fried. You're just fried. You just want to sit in front of a TV and catch up on your show and not just be like touched and like you've been touched, you've been bamboozled by toddlers all day, and you just want. But I've heard this glass of wine. I've heard this, and that person was having an affair with. Other people. I mean, yeah, it could be the exception and not the rule, or it could be the rule and that was the exception. We don't know, but you guys, you'll you'll chat, you'll figure it out, you'll go to couples therapy. Great idea. It'll be good. <laughs> okay. Number four. Four. Yeah. Hey Jerry, I can't tell you how much I love this show and I listen every week religiously. But now to the issue. I, 21 female, can't find a way to forgive my mom for what she did and continues to do after the death of my dad. Some brief background information. My dad struggled with severe alcoholism, homelessness, and was often abusive. He passed away suddenly five years ago in a drunk driving accident. There are still questions as to if it was an accident or intentional. I won't go into detail, but our relationship has deteriorated so much toward the end that we barely spoke, and if we did, it ended up with tears and regretful words. To this day, I think about him constantly. I wonder what he thinks of what I've made of my life. I wonder if he resents me in the way I pushed him away. And I wonder if I could have done things differently to change the outcome. My mother, however, is truly my best friend. We have always been close, and, can't, and I can't describe how much I adore her. She has gone to the ends of the earth to make sure that we felt loved by her when my dad was alive and know that we were safe with her. Towards the end of my dad's life, she began the divorce process and started dating again. While my dad was still alive, she started seeing a guy she met on a dating app. Then my dad died. Due to the nature of his death and how sudden it was, I needed more than anything for her to be there for me. She didn't take that opportunity. She would work all week until late and then on the weekends go out with her friends and her new man. The salt in the wound was that she even brought him to my dad's funeral. He would say awful things about my dad and belittle my siblings and I for even talking about him. Of course, I know my dad did many things to deserve angry words, but this man never met him and in my mind had no right to speak to us about him in that manner. She moved him in four months later without speaking to us about it. They eventually got engaged eight months after they initially met. That was five years ago now, and they are still together. He tries to parent my siblings and myself when I still lived in the home. He would make disgusting comments about my sexual past and the body of my young sister. My mom feels the need to hide things from him, afraid of his reaction. He is now unemployed, has been for over a year. My mom is a social worker and makes barely enough money to pay rent and maintain their lives. I have confronted her with how abandoned and betrayed I felt by her and attempted to bring forward my concerns about him and for her. She never listens and dismisses what I say because, quote, she loves him and, quote, he makes her happy. I avoid going over to their house now because I know he comes along with it. I don't want to cut my mom off because she is the one person I can always rely on but I can't find a way to forgive her or tolerate her partner. Even if this doesn't make it onto the show, I just want to thank you all for giving people, especially myself, a chance to have a father figure when we are lacking one. Love the show and love all of you. Well, you've made the show. Um, you know, fathers being alcoholics, non-alcoholics, what good, bad. At the end of the day, every child still has a feeling one way or the other for their father. It doesn't even matter if their father is truly a negative negative. There's still something there because in all of our minds, there are dad. We do have a dad. Oregon's got two. And they're different. We're, we're very different. But no matter of that, 
she still has two dads equal in the story. And so you had a dad and things, circumstances happen that, yes, it didn't work out for your mom. Your dad either drank and your mom left or your, your, there were things in the relationship caused him to drink. We, we don't know all the pictures. The, the only thing we do know is that he's deceased. And the new fellow comes on board and he feels that he has the right to go from his own insecurity, bash the shit out of a guy who can't defend himself. That's that, that right there begins to show you the character of this guy. And yeah, you have, you're smart enough to recognize that you love your mom, but you don't want to be around the guy because he pisses you off because he, he doesn't deserve even to be acknowledged from his behaviors. And apparently his behaviors are getting worse as time goes on. So far as your mom goes, you can certainly have a conversation with her and say, mom, I really welcome you to come over here anytime you want. But, you know, let's, let's just lay it on the table. I really don't want to be around Dave or whatever his name is. And, to make things life easier, come to me. Because I always want to see you. I, you can spend all the time in the world with me and we can always talk because I don't want to lose our relationship. But that's not healthy for me to be around. Only for all, for all reasons. Not one reason. And I hope that you'll respect that. And I'm sorry to hear about the relationship that how things ended with your dad. But if you listen, you know, the one thing that I... and and death is the most perfect secret. None of us really know what happens in death. But a lot of people, for some reason, that have experienced different spiritual things, always say there's no negativity in death. That once they're on the other side, it's all positive. The negativity goes away. And I know that I've lost my parents and I've lost other family members who I love very much. And I hear them it, maybe it's just my subconscious talking and you know what they would say, but I just consider it that they're talking to me. And sometimes if you just close your eyes when you're sleeping and you have a conversation, you can have a conversation with your dad. And typically it will probably be a very positive com conversation. So enjoy it. Take it for what that value is, that really it is him talking to you and that you're help releasing him to go on and and not worry about you because you're able to have this conversation with him and it might relieve both of you and be positive. So I would try that and just, you know, when you really, when anybody else would say, yeah, you're just talking to yourself, consider the fact that maybe you are talking to him and he's listening, he's answering you. And that's what I have. Yeah. I, um, I definitely don't think you should ever wonder if anything you could have done would have changed the results because it wouldn't have. Mm -mm. Um, you were a child. It's not your responsibility. and You don't own any of this. Yeah, do not ever put that pressure or blame on yourself at all. It's not on you. And he was struggling. You know, that's alcoholism and drug use and addiction, it's, it's a disease and it's not anything you could have changed. As far as your mom, um, you know, everyone grieves differently. And despite them not being together, my first thought was like, maybe she's just grieving in a very different, unusual way. Like some people shut down. Some people need to keep busy and her going out with her friends and new guy. She was grieving because despite not being with someone and not loving someone anymore, she still had kids with him. They were still together. Mm -hmm. And so a loss is a loss. But I don't think that's an excuse for being, I don't want to say a bad parent, but she definitely didn't meet your needs at that time. And so I think that's unfair for you, a kid who's grieving because they lost their dad. And I get you say your mom is your best friend and I love, love, love that. But your mom has also kind of put you in a very vulnerable not healthy position with this guy. And we see this a lot with stories where parents will 
sometimes pick an unhealthy partner over what's best for their children. A lot. And maybe she realizes it and maybe she doesn't. If you haven't had a conversation with her yet, I would have the conversation and say, you know, I'm not comfortable being around Dave. Mm -hmm. And here's why. He's made comments about my sexuality, my sex life. He's made comments about little Lisa's body when she was 12. Dave's a pervert. He's done this. He's done that. And, you know, I, I'm, I care about you. You're my mom. I love you. But I don't think you're in the best place. And just know I'm here. I'm, just, I'm not going to bring this up again. But that's my boundary. I'm not going to be around Dave. Mm-hmm. I love you. When you're ready to talk further, I'm always here. That's it. And we all recognize when you use the word, I'm not going to bring it up again, because the last thing people want to be to have is have someone com- consistently bash them on it and beat them up about it and and be, just become, you know, pestering, manipulating. That's not your that's not what your goal is here. Your goal is to make the knowledge known. You're you're informing her and you're saying, This is why I'm not going to come around the house. It's not that I'm rejecting you. It's I just don't want to put myself into that place. Yeah. And I want you to come here and I want you to to share time with me. Or you know, we can go out to lunch. Whatever works for you, mom. But I just can't be around this guy because as far as I'm concerned, he's he's a sick fuck and I just don't need to be around it. Yeah, and I I think you said it so well. I think a lot of times when you start like saying things to people multiple times, like at least from my experience, like it it usually pushes them closer to that person because Mm -hmm. they feel like they can't even confide in you anymore. They feel like you already know how bad this person is. So they feel even more closed off from the support and the help. So you got to be like as tough as it is, one and done. One one time be really clear on it and... Don't be yelling, don't be, and you can't be, you know, offensive that that she has to be defensive. You want to have it where it's a two-way door and you can communicate because if you're communicating, it's working. If you're not communicating, then you're just, you've already lost the bet. You've already lost the game. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't sound like your mom, like, it sounds like she's got it really hard right now being a social worker and floating not only your family but then this guy who hasn't been working for a year like your mom's got to be in a tough spot so if you want a good place to start off the conversation ask her if she's okay yeah because she might be putting on the bravest front and kind of has this mindset of like well i'm in it i'm with him i'm in too deep and she's a social worker she's had training she knows already in her in her own mind where this thing is True. It's hard. It's hard when it's you, though. Right. It's always hard when it's you. Well, and there's only so much you can control. Yeah. As the kid. Like, yes. There's only so much you can control about preventing your parent from running their life into the ground. There's only so much you can do. And so it's like, it's not all on you. And, you know, he makes her happy. She loves him. If you don't want any part of that, then find a way to have a relationship outside of that. And that's that's what you can control. Yeah. And for any siblings that still live at the house, make sure they know that you're there for them because yeah, despite, you know, you guys being siblings, unless you explicitly say it, sometimes they're not going to reach out. They're not going to let you know they need help. And this is something I went through with my little sister recently where we have a messy, messy family. But she broke down and she was like, I didn't, I didn't know I could reach out to you. I didn't, I didn't know you were there to help me. And I'm like, I'm always here to help you. And she's like, I didn't know though. And it's like, unless you explicitly say it sometimes. Yeah. You people, can assume. People aren't going to come to you. So I had that run, might be another and thing. And I had another, I had another thought. Yeah. Here's, here's the other thought. You might want to talk to your little sister to make sure that she is not being abused or, yeah. you know, I'm not saying to point be point blank. I mean, I don't know how to have the conversation, but I'm sure you can have a conversation to say, you know, how are things and yeah, and you know, see if you get any 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 signals that there's a problem. Because the fact that he even said it, that to me is already the red flag enough to go talk to your sister to make sure she's okay. Alarm bells, big time. Alarm yeah, bells. sister's currently 15. Her brother's 18. 
Yeah. 15 is a very vulnerable age. And the fact that he's been there in the picture for six years, I mean, started who knows in her yeah. life at nine. Yeah, you don't know. And we don't know. I think that's why it's so important for any parents out there, always, always educate your kids on their body parts and what is acceptable and not acceptable. I think that's like one thing my brother and his wife have been like really set on from the start is like, that's your vagina and that's your penis and you are the only ones that are allowed to touch them. And if you, you know, if you do notice something's wrong, you can come to mommy and daddy, but those are yours. Like they're so good about that because something that commonly comes up is when you give pet names, like, oh no, that's your cookie. Right. Like abusers can take advantage of that. So that's kind of a tangent, but look into that if you're a parent about proper names for body parts. So, you uh, wrote in and said, if we're going to read it, <laughs> we read it. <laughs> That's right. So that was it for our show. Thanks very much for chiming in this week. And we look for you not only next week, and not only do we want you to hit that subscribe button, but now we're going to move on to Patreon. So come back and join us. And it's a, it's a heavy hitter. It's, it's a, heavy a big hitter. one. And the other good thing about when you join Patreon, once a month we do our group session. And we really want you to come be a part of it and chime in. And we, that way we talk to you live. We can ask questions. And we really are a family. So come join us on, on Patreon. So we'll see you in a few minutes. Sorry Yee! I talked so much. Have a great night.